Hello, hello everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. Today's episode, we'll be talking about reinventing workforce health management in the medtech SaaS space. Today, we have our guest, Benjamin Crevant, joining us. Benjamin is the co-founder and CEO of MyC MedTech, a compliant tool for companies to manage health data, medical checkups, and remote medical sites worldwide. They offer predictive analysis and insights relevant to the activity and their employees' health. And after more than eight years working around the globe, gaining management and entrepreneurship skills, Ben decided to go back to Europe where he and his co-founder Laurent reinvented how companies can manage their team resilience and bring healthcare to workers and companies. So welcome, Benjamin. Super excited to have you on the Statistic Show today. Hi, Kiel. Thanks a lot. Really nice to be here. Yeah, no, no worries. So um, let's talk about what MedTech. I mean, why are MedTech services so important to a business? You know, their continuity. continuity uh, I mean, how can it avoid issues, right? I mean, big things like insurance insurance costs, uh, pressure for employees, and obviously a lot of health problems that are happening in, in, in the world today. Yeah, as I say, you know, we, we live really in, a, in a crazy world. <laughs> We've just seen it. You're in the in the in Americas, back in Europe, we can now discuss easily. Uh, it's part of the business that wasn't wasn't so easy like uh, three years ago. The, the COVID was a big slap worldwide. Uh, and so companies they just noticed with the COVID uh, that finally, you know, the workforce or the staff you have is the main asset of your company. Mm-hmm. And so finally, they just understood with the COVID, okay, we don't have any very, let's say, tools, process, or just uh, targets about, okay, how do we manage the workforce staff, which is basically something really very important, and they didn't have the tool to do it. So I, I won't say MedTech is not that important for companies. It's really the way... Uh, they understood they have to manage your workforce health uh, at its best, and the benefits or impact depends the way you take it. Uh, it can be huge. The first one is the employees themselves. Uh, it's a shift. It's maybe five years ago we are in the shift. Now they have the power. The employee is the one to choose. Uh, the company is the one to be empowered with almost everything. And then they are saying and selecting a company about uh, how can you really take care of me. How do you take care of my data? How do you take care of my medical checkups? What are the benefits you will offer me? So now em- employers they have to turn and say, okay, we need to offer something. It's not kind of other greenwashing. We need to do it seriously. The other point is uh, business continuity. It's, it's a management resilience as its basics. They have to be resilient in this world. And to be resilient, you just need to have this business continuity. And when we've seen with the COVID, half of your workforce is sick and out of the office, just impossible. So this is the way it's kind of, you have to do it. It was a kind of eye-opener. And the last one is about cost management. Like always, the companies, or let's say organizations worldwide, they need to manage their costs. They need to manage their uh, absence. Everybody out of the office for sick reasons. They could have uh, predicted, they could have, uh, put measures to reduce the, the impact for the employees and to run the company. But as well about the, the insurance, when you look at the, the prices of the premiums, companies worldwide are paying to cover their uh, employees' health and this risk. Mm-hmm. The inflation is like uh, 7 to 8% a year when the overall uh, let's see, economy uh, inflation is like 2.5%. So it's a kind of time free. 
So for companies, it's it's a matter of resilience. Do you want to be the next one to be up? You have to take care of your employees, manage your costs, and for sure you have to manage your uh, workforce. It's human asset for business continuity. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, when, when people you know are looking for a job, I guess most people are looking at, okay, can you pay me well? And you know, can you give me some flexibility and autom- autonomy? But now you're like, no, no, now we, we that's just the basics. Now the new world is... Uh, the government is not going to take care of our health. I mean, I, I don't know how to take care of my health as well as I think, but, you know, please get, I need some action, need some support, and I need you to also take care of my health. So that kind of becomes a part of your your package. And I was like, you got to take care of my health, not just my financials, right? <laughs> and I, it's crazy. And we, we only work with uh, multinational organizations. Mm-hmm. And they, they have the same issue all over the world. We have some countries, France is a specific country because we have uh, it's a healthcare system which is very powerful. And protective, but all over the world, even in Europe, in Africa, Asia, America, it's always the same. The company is really a kind of central piece in managing the health of employees while they are uh, working for the company, but as well outside of that, providing benefits for the, the family uh, as well. So it's really now part of the, the package they're offering. And you know, there is this uh, worldwide uh, war for talents, mm-hmm. and it's totally part of it. Mm. Yeah. To, to offer it. It's, yeah. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. The health, right? I mean, a lot of people, you know, we had issues like, you know, me- not just physical health, but, you know, mental health, you know, there's, there's a lot of other stuff that go behind it. Um, and when it comes to the the actual, you know, med tech ecosystem, um, you know, what, what does it look like today? I mean, for people, you know, in 2022, after, you know, kind of COVID slowing down, and how's that evolved or what you've seen kind of from previous years? What are you seeing there? It, it's a kind of say of uh, day and night. My and we talk about what I really need to manage and, and understand well, which is the medtech for organizations and what my is dedicated to. What we, we see is with all the, the progress uh, in terms of data security, protection, and all the cloud uh, cloud servers, it's really just a new world. We we talk with a lot of companies uh, that have a lot of cash. They're smart companies with smart people uh, on board. But they still have you know, this mindset of we need IT internally, we have our own servers, run everything in-house, which doesn't work anymore. The switch has already been done for a financial product, for a leisure product, for everything which is, let's say, around your life, your personal right. life. But then when it comes to, to medtech, it's still the, the Flintstone uh, era. Like mm. really good and meet <laughs> clients. Very powerful with brand image, everything like very strong. They are strong companies, mm-hmm. but they have almost nothing. And when you see the, the medtech environments, there is a kind of big niche market here. Um, when it comes to B2C, so consumers, people, there is a lot of solutions, great solutions. When it's purely about clinics, hospitals, uh, a huge, let's say, bunch of excellent solutions. But when it comes to medtech applied to organizations, it's really like uh, void. We're saying it's kind of, there is nothing. And there's been a really big breakthrough. Like in the, uh, let's say if you take a step back three years ago, it was totally different. Mm. So, I mean, okay, what, what would you say? Like, you know, how's, you know, with COVID, I'm not sure that woke up a lot of companies right now. Like, okay, this isn't something yeah. we, we leave on the back burner and it's just kind of, you know, let everybody else take care of it. It's like, okay, now we have to actually, you know, do something here because this is going to keep happening. Um, what, what are you kind of seeing uh, companies do differently? Um, now they, now they, they trust technology. Mm-hmm. Before it was a fight, you know, between IT and technology. Mm-hmm. Even, even though it seems it can be a kind of continuity and evolution, 
it's a kind of two worlds, uh, sometimes fighting one against the, the, the other. And we, we now see that the companies, they understood that. They understood technology uh, is trustful. Uh, when it's about data protection and security, uh, there are real technologies that work with it. You don't have to have your own servers uh, behind a key, like a kind of safe to, to make it work. So they trust more. Uh, there is, a, let's say, a better adoption as well of systems and innovations. They look to outsource uh, all, these, all these kinds of solutions because they understood they cannot do it internally, basically. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, and it's really a big shift. Yeah, yeah. trust is the big thing. I mean, at least that's the your foot in the door right now. They're willing to at least listen, yeah. right? And, and and give it a shot. So, now, I mean, now that the trust is there, what are kind of some, you know, measurements or tools or instruments that, you know, they can use to keep, you know, checking the frequency, stats, data on on the, the health as workforce? This is really interesting. We were just with a client uh, yesterday. The client is located in, uh, in Aberdeen, in the UK. And this client has to, to manage a fleet of uh, 100 vessels uh, all over the world. Okay. And uh, it's a woman in charge of that. And she was telling us, okay, I need to control the health and the activity, the medical activity in all of these 100 ships uh, all over the world. And they have almost nothing. Hmm. And so we came back, so, okay, let's don't stress. Let's find a solution and let's go step by step. And so we, you know, when you go with this uh, basic step-by-step approach, okay, first we need to collect the data. Once we have the data, we can show you the data. You can visualize it uh, from anywhere at any time very easily. And so basically she understood that with a good tool to collect on each of these 100 locations, she would be able later on to to make it work, to have it like easily uh, connected with each and, uh, and everyone. And so now they can check almost everything. They can check uh, uh, how many events uh, occur, uh, what kind of events uh, in terms of sickness, what kind of population. Then you have, you know, all these analytics you can go through and then really target some populations to understand uh, who is the population to be uh, really impacted. The 25, 35 uh, men, women, this kind of job, everything, it's, it's really crazy the kind of stuff you can do. So you just need to... What are you guys using to collect the data? I mean, once you go there, a company comes to you and say, hey, I want to start implementing this, you know, healthcare service. Uh, how do I best kind of start leveraging technology? Like, am I giving them like a, a smartwatch and, you know, you know, tracking all that data across or or what is the, what are these tools? Or is it just kind of, you know, manually, uh, you know, input it and put it into a server and, you know, that data is tracked to the main headquarters? Yeah, yeah. As of today, the, the first step, of my team, my team, if we take a step back, we are connecting, yeah. we are connecting like two populations. Okay. The medical staff, if mm-hmm. we keep to the same example, which are on the same uh, locations, like mm-hmm. the, the ships, and then all the managers. In this case, it can be this woman who is not a medical doctor, so she cannot access medical data, and she is like thousands of miles away from the site activity. Okay. So how do they do finally, as, as I was telling you, and this is like, Story, it's kind of Flintstones. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they have software to manage the medical center they're working in on the location, but sometimes it's just paper, like yeah. they used to do like 20 years ago. Mm. So the first step is okay, we will not collect all of the data we may collect. So no smartwatch, no base uh, activity, and so on. Just start with a log of all your activity. Mm. So as soon as a, med- a medic, a nurse, a medical doctor, uh, is doing a 
consultation, they will log it. With the data and the structuration, it will give you some information. And from that, then we'll go deeper and deeper according to your needs. Because we just need to, to take care as well and not to fall on the opposite. Mm. Because when they have too, too many data, you don't know what to do of it. And so they are totally stuck, they're overwhelmed with the kind of tsunami of data uh, coming in. The first step is really about, okay, let's equip all of your sites, uh, the products, the solutions are different always, mm. but it's all about tracking the activity of a clinic, uh, the medical checkup of uh, an individual uh, to take maybe 10 parameters. It can be, uh, I'll do know the uh, cholesterol, uh, body mass index, uh, habits. Like, you can start like this and then we'll go deeper. Uh, but it's really a step-by-step approach. We need to come and have this uh, this niche coming from the Flintstone era in step by step to modernity. Mm. And and how are employees kind of taking that? You know, in terms of you taking their their data, right? There's kind of a privacy security kind of maybe pushback, right? Employees are like, hey, now you're tracking my data, you're collecting all our employees, you're putting it into one place, and you know who knows what you're doing it. And then the, you know, some people are like, look, I, I don't want you to have this information, right? This should be only for my doctor. Uh, and between me and my doctor, right? I, I, and not, not my employee or my employer. Yeah. And, and in fact, this is, this is why this market is really interesting. It's mm. what we're doing as of today. We're just adding a layer of security and data protection to process that were already existing. What do I mean by that? Uh, if we keep to the same example, uh, imagine uh, the medic having the consultation. He's taking all the notes on an Excel file, mm. uh, paper, and so on. And at the end of the week, you will send a report to this manager back to, uh, to the UK. Uh, what we're doing is just to be sure the data this medic is logging will be in the medical uh, file, secured and protected, always. So we are not collecting more data than the data that was already uh, collected by the, let's say, the employers, because okay. they don't want to pay the medical staff and the employees uh, themselves, let's say. We're just adding a kind of layer of security, uh, data protection, and intelligence for the good of the employee. And once you explain it this way, the employee, they always go for it. Mm. The first reaction is, okay, no, I don't want to share my data. But your data is already shared. It's legal. But when we mean it's shared, it's shared all by and with medical doctors. And so they have the right to access this kind of data. Or it's shared with in terms of uh, macro analysis. So this macro analysis is uh, we'll have an estimate, we have 2,000 people on this location. We can understand some trends. You have numbers, but you have no way to understand who is behind the numbers. That's totally impossible. Yeah. And so they go for it. That's why when we talk about predictive analysis, it's always for the good of uh, the company and the employees. Makes always. sense. Yeah, yeah, you're not saying we're gonna start start tracking your data. It's like we've been already doing this. Now we're just taking it from pace and papers. Like now we're just gonna have it more secure, uh, yeah. have it, you know, you know, in, in one spot and you know more centralized, so that you know you don't have to worry about it. Um, you know, and more efficient for us. That makes sense. Um, what what are some other yeah, you know maybe uh, challenges from companies that you see or the biggest ones in, in today's you know time that in terms of managing the workforce uh, health, especially worldwide, right? When you have people from all over the world, different situation, different, um, you know, it, you know, uh, it's just so totally different, right? When you're, you know, whether you're in the UK or your team is in the Philippines, right? Yeah, it, it's always different. Mm. But at the end, 
as the, let's say the units of comparison is the the employee, mm -hmm. it's always the same. Mm -hmm. So you're always trying to maximize your workforce health, so to have the best health possible for each of your employees. Okay. Um, the only difference, and this is the complexity of it, is that you manage a lot of people on a lot of different sites. So this is your complexity as a company. You need to make sure you apply the same rules, you have the same data, to understand the impacts uh, for all of your populations, whether they are on the Philippines or back in Europe, always. So they have this challenge because companies, at first, you know, they were thinking, okay, we need maybe first to uh, take care of our expatriates. Mm -hmm. We have to take care of the people with, let's say, the, uh, the biggest uh, salaries. Mm -hmm. But finally, they understand that the risk in terms of business continuity of brand reputation, it's it's everyone. Mm -hmm. And even more as of today with all the social media, you have one failure, you can be like in the dust for years and years. And sometimes mm. it's good mm. because it's forcing companies to take care of everyone. So the challenge is this one, is they have to, ch to change from the were doing something up to they have to do something good, but for a very large population. Uh, take care of many people, uh, different languages, uh, different cultures, exactly. uh, different ages, everything. So it's a, it's a nice mess, I'd say. Mm. But you have, to, you have to take care, and this is a good of technology. We can adapt, you know, and be in any language very easily. So we, we talk with people all over the world in maybe 15 languages, uh, so which is kind of nice as well. And part yeah. of this complexity for, for companies, they have to go through it. They don't know how to do it. So we try to help them, you know, get step by step. This is what you have to do to get this holistic approach where you like the data for all of your staff. Yeah, it makes sense. So it's no longer just, you know, using technology to solve it, but it's like technology plus empathy. And it's not just by, you know, by seniority or how much they pay or these, it's like, we, we are humans, we're all equal. And like, we need to be taken care of the same, regardless of where you are, or where, you know, what your job role is, right? And and that's what we try yeah. to work with. Makes sense. And, and, and they're very smart in this. Let's say companies now, they, they're, they're back from this uh, idea of, okay, let's go for the senior ones or the, the biggest wages. But it's more, okay, where is my, my risk? It's all about risk management. Mm -hmm. My risk is uh, in this country. It's in this kind of activity. Mm -hmm. And so when we see the, the prospects, I, actually the way they want to roll out the project is quite good. It's okay. First, we'll focus on the biggest risk mm -hmm. we have analyzed for the company and then we'll go for uh, the other ones up to, let's say, the headquarters sometimes where there is a very low uh, risk for um, for the employees and then for the company. Mm. Makes so sense. They have this smart approach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's good. I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know, they're kind of waking up, they're seeing that and, you know, they're they're able to look at it in that way, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, if they're frontline workers and they're, you know, facing risk day to day, whether it's their, their bodies on the line, yeah, they have to give them, you know, versus sitting in an office, you're probably, you know, less 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 likely to, to hurt your, you know, and get fired, you know, burnt yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and this is the good, you know, it, it just kind of, uh, of kind of loops, well, you're adding value every time. And the more you, you do some iterations, the more you add value. Exactly. Because they know that they will take care of the riskiest part of the company. Mm -hmm. So they are the risking part of the company, which is good for the business continuity. They're taking care of their employees, which is very good for the employees, plus the brand reputation, uh, which is, as a consequence, a reduction in all the incidents 
which has a very big benefits on the interest costs. Mm. So it's always, you know, adding some value. And so the more they see the value uh, yeah. being added on that, the more they're ex- expanding and running out some projects in uh, other settings, in other countries, industries, and so on. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. This has been good, Benjamin. Um, I think su- super helpful. Uh, I think a lot of lot of insights for our audience. If they're if they're uh, you know somebody looking to get in this space, I think I mean as a SaaS founder, they want to get into to the med tech. I think there's lots of opportunities, like you said, it's the, the Flintstone era in this world. Any any other opportunities yeah. that you see you'd like to you know share and inefficiencies that you know maybe somebody should tackle in this this time of age? Well, there are so many. Yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, like yeah, it's okay. a market which is which is very huge. Uh, with a lot of um, of its places to to be taken, mm-hmm. the good the good point is um, medtech is sometimes seen as something very complex mm. when it's right, which is complex. Yeah. yeah, but in its way, you don't have to to go for the big the next big idea. You don't have to be the next I don't know Facebook or Amazon and so on. You can already bring so many let's say improvements mm-hmm. by focusing on one vertical. Uh, which is what we're seeing. And so sometimes we have meetings internally at my C with a kind of debate, okay, guys, we don't go in this direction. We know there is a market, but there is a bigger market in that direction. Mm. So we know we could almost create some spin-offs. So let's hope like within two years, we'll be a bigger company with more cash, the way to, to invest and so we can go on the different verticals. But every week we have co- we have called prospects. And once they start to understand the deepness and the benefits of bringing the opening all the books. Mm. And so just to give you one example, uh, we, are start, we are starting to work with uh, a company in uh, in Denmark. Okay. They have 10 all rigs of the course of Denmark. It's okay. So let's start with uh, case management. Case management basically is you have someone out of the office for any reason and just want to follow the case. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. a kind of, uh, technology you can follow, you can communicate between medical doctors, you can put notes, you can exchange your medical data, uh, always in a secure way. We started to work with them, uh, and then it also we have another issue. We are thinking, okay, they want medical data, they want some extract. I said, no, we need to control our pharmacy stock. The pharmacy stock, the inventory is very complex for us because we are inland, all the rigs are by definition uh, offland. Uh, we have to, to control the stock. We need to be sure we don't uh, reach any uh, expiring dates because otherwise uh, the drugs are without effect or less, uh, right. less effects. Uh, we, have, we need to control the stock. We need to control the cost because it's a big cost. It's okay. There is a brand new market. And so we started to call again some other prospects. And what about your pharmacy management? Ah, it's a big headache. <laughs> and then they start to show you, you know, some uh, Excel files. Excel <laughs> files with I don't know how many how many sheets. So yeah, I want to be this way, this way to create the macros. Okay, so there is a market there. So this one we are taking this market, yeah, yeah. because it's really one we are plugging into our solution. Sure. But we have like other similar like uh, approaches from prospect. Okay, we love to do it. Maybe in a few years, but as of today, we focus on this vertical. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea, right? Just kind of going to them, ask them. What are these struggles that you know they, they face that yeah. they, they're doing in Excel or manually and see how you know by putting some automation in there and bringing it from you know, a little bit more sophistication how much you know efficiency they'll get and how much uh, you know their, their lives yeah, are absolutely easier. yeah cool uh, Benjamin want to shift gears uh, at this part of the the podcast talk more of the the personal rapid fire questions so 
Are you ready for that? Nice. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. All right. What's uh, one activity you enjoy doing outside of work uh, that gets you into flow state? Uh, no hesitation. Outdoor, outdoor activities. Mm. Always. Trail running, uh, running. Yeah. mountain bike, uh, as much as I can. Okay. I have the luxury to live really like 50 meters uh, from the forest. Mm. Uh, anytime I can, all real lunch time or uh, after office, I go for it. It's going just a 30 minutes uh, run. Mm-hmm. But the moment I go in the forest and start running, uh, I start my bike, it's just another world. I just yeah. forget everything else. I go in another dimension. And then I, I come back, always the same, with all my head, you know, shaken. So, okay. Uh, I've, been tra- I've been training all the long for making a decision, but this is a decision. It's crystal clear. It's clear now. <laughs> it's just taking everything out and finally bringing back to the reality. Okay, this is what you should do. Exactly. So, okay, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> works. yeah. The power of getting into to flow state. Yeah. Yeah, um, always. What's one piece of advice you wish you had known? And if you can go back, would tell your 25-year-old self today? I guess it would be more about, uh, about trust. Kind of trust yourself mm. and do it. Finally, and it was very my interpretation connected to the question about the medtech and where can we penetrate the medtech. Uh, it's a lot about common sense. And usually when you're well-brained, uh, when you try to, to listen to others and to learn constantly, uh, your uh, inner feelings are good. Mm, you're good. So sometimes, you know, when I was 25, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm young. Uh, 25, I was starting to, I just landed in, uh, in Jakarta, in Indonesia. Mm. And it was like, okay, I had thousands of ideas, but I was like, I miss experience. I didn't do that. Uh, I don't have any grayer yet. But finally, with a bit of uh, feedback and step backs, I, I should have done it. Sometimes they did it, it worked, mm-hmm. but you know, it's a kind of, you think it's a risk. No, trust yourself, do it. Just do it. Don't be scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trust if you yourself. fall, yeah. Okay. You just go up. Exactly. And move forward. Exactly. Love it. Um, what are the biggest challenges you're currently facing in order to continue to grow, you know, my C? And meaning, what keeps you up at night these days? Wow, a lot of stuff. First, my kids, they don't sleep. (laughs) (laughs) They're the first one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they're the first one. And the second one about my sea, it's all about my my people, my staff. Um, We really look to to have uh, very good talents uh, at my sea. We are lucky to have uh, very skilled people. And my question is always about that. Uh, Do we have the right people on board? Um, Are they on the right seats? And am I dedicating enough quality time uh, to drive them, to, to help them, to give them the power to do what they have to do? So it's all about my staff. Is it a good one? Uh, what can I change? And we know with technology, it goes very fast in the evolution. Mm-hmm. So it's a permanent question. And yeah, when I'm up at night and so my kids, it's for that. <laughs> it's, the people, it's the kids or the other kids, right? You got two different sets of yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, who or what are the best re- three resources? It can be books, uh, people, mentors, or people you follow in the space who you'd say have been the most instrumental to your success over these last few years. Uh, the first one was definitely a book. It was the, what's the title? The, um, the four-hour work week yeah, from Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. 
this one was great. I think the guy is crazy. Yeah, yeah, I love him. The book wasn't very nice to read, very well written. But when you when I put myself in issues, I want to help what it's doing. <laughs> but I'm afraid it's just not my stuff. But while I had a look at that, I was okay, you can pick everything you want from that. Um, there were two stuff that really changed my, my life in terms of, let's say, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. The first one was uh, his definition of financial freedom. Mm-hmm. So his target is not to be rich. It's to be, let's say, rich enough for your level and uh, your aspirations. Exactly. And he was making some demonstrations of finally you don't need to have like 20 millions or something crazy like that. We've laid, lay, let's say, uh, below than that, you can have a good life and be more than happy. So this one really kind of light, enlightening something. Mm-hmm. And this one was, the guy is crazy about the risk. And so he's uh, cutting everything in small pieces as small as he can, and he's like de-risking everything. Mm-hmm. And this was, this was a kind of a breakthrough as well for me. So like, but if you look at when I was in 20, 2014, back in Jakarta, in Indonesia, mm-hmm. uh, I was out to, for the next move. I didn't know yet what was the next move. I wanted all to go uh, back to France and start my company, or let's keep traveling and work in uh, Rio de Janeiro, or in Hong Kong, or in some crazy place to go partying, discover the world, and so on. But it was like A or B. And the guy was taking always, you know, this in a different way. He was like, no, but put your destination, then you just create the path toward it. And all the risks, you can see just cut it in small pieces. And so I've been cutting the pieces, de-risking, let's say, the experience. And so I said, no, I don't want A or B. I want A and B. Mm. What I did, then I took a flight to Argentina. Uh, I kept living abroad and starting companies. So I was mixing it. And I guess this book really changed my life after that. Another one, I guess I, I still have it here. I don't know the English for this one. You know, it's a book from the Netflix uh, founder. Oh, right, right. Uh, Reed Hastings. Yeah, yeah it's, it's about Netflix uh, culture of reinventing themselves always. Mm-hmm. This book is brilliant. And what I love in the book, it's it's a lot of common sense. And it's on the common no, sense, they... No rules, rules. That's the one, right? Okay, it's the exact same in French, but in French. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't go too far. Yeah. And yeah, this one is perfect because it's a lot of common sense and some very strong, let's say, culture you can input into your company and how you have to stick with it. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Red Hastings, is a lot of a transparency in having a lot of very skilled people uh, on board, which can be frightening at first because you, you want to have very good people on board. But when you start fundraising, you have a limited budget. So you say, okay. Uh, I take uh, 10 excellent people, but I can go for 20 or 15 average. And so it's just destroying the model. So no, it's an overrunner. You go for the 10 excellent, and they will deliver way more uh, out of the 15 or 20 average people. Yeah. And this is crazy because uh, this is the mindset we have at MyC from the beginning, but it was a kind of of good feeling almost. Okay, I believe we have to do it this way, and we've been doing it this way. And this book, it's all about like, it's really through the pages, uh, the writing is perfect. And it's just like a kind of validation of, okay, you need to do that and that and that. Uh, a lot of common sense, uh, a lot of success. You see the guy is very smart as well. Mm-hmm. And so he's spending some days with just doing nothing, no decision to, to be made because everything has been delegated. So yeah, it's, funny. it's a crazy one as well. 
Uh, yeah, I would say I don't have a third one uh, at the moment. No problem. But these two yeah, are like really good. Cool. Yeah, fantastic books. Yeah, No Rules, Rules and The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Um, Benjo, what does uh, success mean to you today? Whether that's personally, business, financially, life, I guess there's no right answer. How do you define it? Uh, this is a good one. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's all about the freedom. The hmm. uh, let's say the freedom of be of being let's say the designer of my life. Mm-hmm. Be able to say I want to work in this industry. I want to live in this place. Uh, I want to do this, and I don't want to do that. Uh, to have this freedom to be lucky enough as well to understand I have freedom. Uh, for me, it's all about that. It's all about saying uh, I wanted to to live abroad. Uh, I've been that. I had the chance to live in Indonesia in Argentina for more than eight years. Mm-hmm. I wanted to come back to Europe. To Europe, I came back to Paris. I wanted to create a company. Uh, I did it. So it's a kind of it's a kind of you know spinning wheel always. But once you take this freedom of okay, I can design my life. This is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. And when you still can do it, I, I guess both personally or professionally, I will fight a lot to keep this. Mm. It's for me really, really luxury to be able to design my life and make my own decisions. Exactly. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Success yeah. is all about freedom. That's right. Cool. Yeah. Um, thank you, Benjamin. This has been this has been fantastic. Really, really enjoyed chatting with you, learning about you know about what you guys are doing. You guys are doing great stuff, and uh, you know, rooting for you. Um, where can people listen again? You know, founders or you know anybody in the SaaS space, if you want to get in touch with you, learn more about you, and, and my C. Uh, I guess LinkedIn is the best one. Okay. I'm quite reachable, uh, quite connected as well, kind of addicts. Okay. It's a good way, yeah. Okay, awesome. We'll, uh, we'll add your, your LinkedIn profile down to our show notes. If anybody wants to reach out, say hi to Benjamin. And uh, yeah, appreciate you, you joining on SAS District Show today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Akil. All right, cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you all for watching this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at Horizon Capital and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please comment down below and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and see you on the next one.